0: Navigating a public image can be challenging. Whether you're building a brand, rebuilding your reputation, or just trying to get on the radar, you need the public to trust you. But does the public trust anyone anymore? And has it ever trusted public relations? Welcome to Deep Dive, powered by Coldwater Communications. I'm your host, Tamara Stanners. On this episode, we wade into the murky waters of ethics, a topic as vast and as difficult to navigate as the oceans themselves.
1: What are my principles? What are my values? What do I stand for?
0: We all have ethical decisions to make every single day, it's our job as parents to teach our kids to do the right
1: thing. You shouldn't use people to get what you want. So we tell a friend a painful truth as opposed to engaging in deceit or decide to intervene to help someone in need.
0: These decisions and actions form a part of who we are. We're all born with the innate capacity for courage. It's a choice. But not all of us work in an industry that is constantly questioned about its ethics. Such as the life of public relations professionals who often find themselves trying to determine how they can balance serving their clients with the public interest. Cam McAlpine, principal at Cliff Strategies, is also the president of the Canadian Public Relations Society, which among its many responsibilities seeks to guide Canadian PR professionals when ethical dilemmas arise. Thank you so much for being here, Cam. Let's dive in. How do you view ethics as they relate to public relations?
1: Well, it's probably going to come as no surprise that I view ethics as central to public relations. The irony, I guess, is that public relations is not a regulated profession and therefore, in my opinion, it's more important to have a code of ethics in public relations than ever to ensure that we have an ethical framework around which we work. Public relations is really all about reputation and the only way to, to build and preserve the reputation of the profession is through ethical practice.
0: What kinds of ethical dilemmas do PR professionals run into?
1: Honestly, in my experience, I'll say that ethical dilemmas aren't as common as one might think. In, in my experience, my personal and professional experience, uh, but certainly there are there are things that come up on a on a regular day to day basis. You know, not crisis type dilemmas, but certainly questions about what's right and wrong from a professional perspective. So, some common things you might see are a request or an encouragement to lie or to dissemble, uh, to bend the facts, for instance. Public relations practitioners maybe doing a little bit of over-promising and under-delivering. An example might be, uh, I go to a client and say, I can get you placed in the Globe and Mail in the first five pages or something. That's a promise that I shouldn't and couldn't make because obviously we're working in a, in a world of earned media as opposed to paid that's an example of something that uh, a practitioner might do that's hoarding on, on the unethical. And then the, probably the most common example or the most well-known example is uh, what's called astroturfing. For those who aren't familiar with the term, think about grassroots. So a grassroots movement to do X, a citizen's coalition to uh, get a local government to start doing something or stop doing something. That's what's called grassroots. In other words, citizens, people, voters, residents. It's a groundswell of support, a movement to advocate for something. AstroTurfing is the opposite of that. It's the uh, non-organic, non-natural form of that. And essentially what it is, is an organization or an individual uh, or a coalition artificially established to, say, run a campaign without disclosing the interest behind the, the campaign or the project, for instance. There's lots of examples out there in the PR world, but uh, you know that would be an example of bad ethical practice. And there are still, unfortunately, organizations, companies, people out there who think that that's okay to go out there and create a campaign and make it look like it's a grassroots campaign when it's not.
0: As a leader in your field, What advice do you give when someone who's struggling with an ethical question comes to you for guidance? Is there a special process that you recommend?
1: Well, no, and and the fact that someone would come to me and ask for guidance is probably the best first step anyone can take. None of us are alone. I have colleagues all across the country who I've met through work and through CPRS who I can call on when I need to because we all face dilemmas on a regular basis, and it's important you have someone to talk to. I think from a formal framework, CPRS, Canadian Public Relations Society, and other member associations like ours, uh, PRSA in the States, uh, CIPR in the UK, New Zealand, Australia, they all have similar organizations. We all have uh, codes of conduct, codes of professional standards. So at CPRS, we have a code of professional standards, AKA an ethical code which provides guidance in some of these questions that you'll face. The next step down from that, we have what we call an ethical decision-making tree. So it's a tool that we provide to our members that basically walks you through the questions, is it legal? If it's legal, then what are some of the ethical questions you have around that? So it'll walk you through that process, and in a lot of cases, by doing that process of just Asking and answering those questions, you can decide if the situation you're facing, if you can manage it ethically or not, and if you need to say no. And then the third step down would be to, again, reach out to individuals, colleagues, friends, and and experts.
0: There always seems to be a way to rationalize taking on a job that requires some compromising on one's ethics. And as we all know, ethics are super personal. So how can someone in PR effectively gauge if the work they're doing is ethical?
1: Well, as I say, there are frameworks that you can refer to and and judge on the basis of those frameworks. So the Code of Professional Standards, the Decision-Making Tree, you know, typically that's where I would start if if I have any sort of, uh, you know, that queasy feeling you get in your stomach when you know, I, I think something may be a little bit off here. I'm going to go and and start the process of just asking myself those questions and and then take it from there.
0: And on the other side of the relationship is the client. How should people go about determining whether they're hiring an ethical PR firm? What should they be looking for and what kinds of questions should they be asking?
1: I guess I'm a little bit biased, but I think the first thing that I would ask is, A, does your firm, your organization have a code of ethics, a code of professional standards. What are the values of your organization? Secondly, do your employees, the people who are gonna be working on my file, do they belong to a professional organization like CPRS? Which if you know what CPRS is, you know that by being a member, you are automatically signing on to that code of professional standards. So asking those basic questions about who's gonna be working on the file and, and what their standards and their values are. If you wanna dig deeper, you can ask about current clients. One element of our code of professional standards is that you need to be transparent about the people who you work for. Now, of course, working around issues like NDAs and things like that is is always an issue, but um, certainly feel free to ask a public relations firm who, who they've worked for in the past and who they work for now, and, and they will disclose as much as they possibly can. And then, you know, if you even take it to the next level, uh, sit down and ask them, so tell me about an ethical dilemma you have faced in the past. How did you resolve that to and create a scenario for the person to answer? And, you know, a lot of it comes down to, as a client, uh, hiring a, a firm, you know, what that relationship is with that person and how well you think you can trust them. And, and so asking those kinds of questions will start that process of trust building and relationship building.
0: When your team is discussing taking on a potential client, what happens if there's conflict in the values-based judgment?
1: That's a really good question. The starting point is, is ethics. We would have in, internal discussions that we have. Internally, is this something that we as a company support? Does it align with our values as a company? And then does it align with our values as individuals? I view ethics as more of a professional framework. I view morals as the personal framework or the personal lens through which we make decisions. And I think the intersection between ethics and morals is what we might call values. And so when, you know, an ethical framework like the Code of Professional Standards at CPRS is, is a socially imposed external constraint on what we do. It says, these are what we as an organization, as a society is, is important and is right and wrong about the way that you do your profession. When it comes to the decisions we make as individuals, we bring our our own personal values into that decision-making process. Everyone's personal values will be slightly different, and so we have to have those conversations. And yeah, we've had some heated conversations about whether we should or shouldn't take on clients. And to get to another example, our firm has never worked with any companies that deal in tobacco products. It's a decision that we made as a firm. Uh, It's, in my opinion, more of a moral, decision uh, than an ethical one, uh, because frankly, you can represent any side of any debate ethically, but whether you choose to do so or not is more of a moral decision. Uh, just as a lawyer is ethically bound to defend a client, regardless of their guilt or innocence, you know we can and should consider representing an interest of any side of uh, conversation. But where the morals come in is, do we want to do that? So using the tobacco example, we were approached by a firm that works in the vape space, so they deal in vaping products. And so it it was a conversation that we had as a group around, it's not tobacco, it's not cigarettes, uh, but is it something that, you know, frankly, at the end of the day, can we, who are all uh, parents of children, go home and tell our kids that we work for this particular company or this industry and ultimately we as a group decided that that went against our own personal and corporate values and so we turned down the work that was a values decision i think more than an ethical decision there are other examples where we have taken on clients and in those cases it then becomes up to the individual to decide if it meets their own personal values or not And so in those cases, we would typically, you know, if it's a controversial issue, but it's one where we know that we can work with the client in an an ethical manner and deliver what they're asking for, then there's ways to firewall that within the company so that those people who feel it doesn't align with their personal values don't have to be involved in it. But it, it really is, coming back to that definition I provided earlier, the difference between ethics and morals, and it's a fuzzy world. Ethics provide you with a pretty strong external framework within which to work. But when it gets down to the decision-making, there's a lot of personal in there for sure.
0: You know, it's kind of incredible that there appears to be an ethical question baked into the very nature of PR. If the goal of public relations is to shape public opinion on any subject, can the practice of PR ever really be ethical?
1: Well, I'm going to say that the goal of public relations isn't to shape public opinion. I'm actually going to read from the definition that's on our website uh, at the Canadian Public Relations Society of what public relations is so that people understand what it is that we as professional practitioners do. And, And that the definition of public relations that the CPRS operates within is the strategic management of relationships between an organization and its diverse publics through the use of communication to achieve mutual understanding realize organizational goals, and serve the public interest. So that's a lot of a lot of words and a lot of, you know, uh, some might say baffle gap, but let's boil it down. Our goal is to use communication to achieve mutual understanding and serve the public interest. Is part of that sometimes an advocacy position? Absolutely, I've already talked about what we do as a firm uh, in a lot of the work that we do, but there's nothing wrong with advocating for a position. You know, it's, it's a fundamental tenet of democracy that we have the ability to share perspectives and share information and then make informed decisions based on that information. And so advocating for my position is just as acceptable as you advocating for a different position based on your understanding of the facts and information and your opinions. Truth is at the core of everything that we do, or should be, as practitioners, and it's certainly at the core of everything that we try to do as a professional organization.
0: Let's get to a very difficult and current example. Canada is grappling with the truth portion of truth and reconciliation in regards to our Indigenous population. You recently commented publicly that the PR profession has the privilege to be a part of impacting things like ethics in this ongoing discussion. Canadians have a lot of opinions on a subject like reconciliation. So how do you determine the ethical path forward in communicating about reconciliation in Canada?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. People have a lot of opinions about reconciliation. My question to you would be, do they have all the information? Do they have all the facts? Opinion doesn't stand in for information and facts. And as I just said, truth's really at the core of what we do as a, as a professional association. Uh, CPRS, we uh, on a daily basis are fighting against misinformation and disinformation and really promoting the transparent sharing of facts and information. So if we get back to that definition of public relations that I gave to you and the real core of that definition, which is mutual understanding and serving the public interest. So reconciliation, it doesn't necessarily mean agreement, right? Reconciliation does, to me, sound a lot like mutual understanding. So what we're doing as professionals who are working at that intersection of between organizations and their, what we call the publics or their stakeholders, their audiences, et cetera, is we're facilitating the conversation that needs to happen and the injection of information and facts into that conversation so that we can try and reach some form of mutual understanding, which in my world is really the definition of reconciliation. And so i think you know through fair honest fact-based conversations that's how we get there it doesn't matter what side you're on or what your beliefs are what your opinions are as long as you're open to having the conversation and trying to find some level of mutual understanding i was in winnipeg recently at our national conference and it was infused from top to bottom with discussions around big meaty concepts like truth and democracy and reconciliation and in fact, we had Kukpi Roseanne Casimir from the Tekumlip Shikwepnip First Nation. You'll recognize as the person who first stood up to speak out on the issue of the missing children at residential schools. She was there and brought us an incredible presentation to talk about what the experience has been for her and her people. The people in in my profession and and my organization are having these conversations, and and I think the real key tenet of of those conversations is mutual respect, understanding, and a pursuit of honest, fact-based information.
0: Thank you so much, Cam. This conversation has been enlightening and super thought-provoking. We really appreciate you taking the time for this important discussion about ethics in PR, and we appreciate your candor. And candor is exactly what we need in our next episode. Everyone has an opinion on the media, but what does the media really think about public relations? We have a well-known journalist who's ready to dive in on the next episode of Deep Dive. Subscribe to Deep Dive for new episodes every month. For more information and social pages, visit coldwater-communications.ca.